Have you ever tried amateur surgery? What happens when you get ethanol injected in your abdomen? In today's episode of Well That's Horrible, we'll be talking about Rock Therio, the Canadian cult leader of the Anthill Kids cult. Hmm. Find out today how you too can cut things off of people with <laughs> shit you can find around the house on this week's episode of Well That's Horrible. Welcome back to this week's installment of Well That's Horrible. I am Reese, like the peanut butter cups, and this is Travis, like Travis Alexander, an American salesman who was murdered by his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck, all right. I, I looked up famous Travises <laughs> to uh, to do that, and that was the first thing that popped up. Yeah, I mean... I thought it was perfect for this podcast. You know, I got the name Travis. My mom uh, had a coin... And she flipped it, and if it was head, it was gonna be Randy. Tra- or Randy. If it's tails, it's Travis came up tails. So I'm Travis, because the country singer. You wouldn't Randy have been Travis. a Randy. You do not look like a Randy. I mean, at I'm all. pretty Randy right now. <laughs> <laughs> On this show, we like to tell horrible stories, good stories, and everything in between. But first, let's bestow our opinions upon the masses. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Unprofessional opinion. All right, are you ready? Okay. If you could commit any crime and get away with it, what would you choose and why? Ooh, I'm going to have to be careful so I don't get put on a list. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, you're already on some lists. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, are we talking like a purge situation? Like, Doesn't matter. Any crime. If well, you like, could get away with it. D- nobody will know. It's not, no matter how public it is. They'll yes, be like, oh, we have no that. idea who that was. Nobody will know. I mean... I sense murder in your future. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's some politicians I'm not big fans of, but um, not the ones that people are going to (laughs) assume. Like, that guy's pretty white. (laughs) But no, no, I don't think I have murder in my heart. Uh, um, No, uh, I mean, I would just fucking rob a bank, but in, like, full-on, like, Ocean's Eleven style. Like, I want to do... Lots of plotting, like planning, a heist. like a fucking you heist. Do a heist. I want to do a full on heist, yep. Grand Theft Auto, fucking like in real life, like in just, hookers too. I mean, maybe <laughs> blackjack. <laughs> you know? Forget the heist, coke. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, See, if we're gonna do it, let's do it all the way. <laughs> just like Tony Montana. <laughs> See. If I had the option, I have always wondered if I could take down one of those armored trucks. Mm. Every time I am walking into or out of a store and one of those armored trucks is outside, I always think, I wonder if I could. (laughs) And one of these days, I'm going to try it. I have to. (laughs) Bucket list. Yeah. When you're 90. When I'm ready to die. Yeah. yeah, send me away. I'm gonna die soon anyway. You get ED around 55, and you're yeah. like, "All right, well, let's do it." Life is over. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've gotten that off our chest, I think it's time we told a story. All aboard! 
Rock Thério is born in Quebec in 1947. His parents are Hyacinth and Pierrette Thério. Hyacinth was the name of his dad. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Who names their son after a flower? I feel like that's just cruel. Uh, according to Rock, his father is abusive for most of his childhood. His obsession with the end of the world began pretty early, actually. At 13, he drops out of school and dives headfirst into the apocalypse and the Old Testament. He hmm. seems also to have a particular interest in the verses that have to do with strict codes on masculine authority. Rock marries his first wife, Francine, in 1967. He starts a business cleaning chimneys and inspecting furnaces. He's also been dealing with ulcers that are so bad that he has to have several pieces of in his intestines removed to help. Hey, who can yeah. relate? Hey. <laughs> yeah. This ignites a fascination with surgery that ends poorly for a lot of people. <laughs> Even after this, though, the pain continues and he turns to pain pills and alcohol. As one does. As one does. Fucking Rock. opiates, bro. What's that? Fucking opiates. <laughs> Fucking opiates around here, bud. There's, you don't need to avoid it. It's all, it's all great stuff. <laughs> Rock's business struggles for a while, and Francine leaves him. He's clearly heartbroken and proceeds to immediately marry a woman named Giselle. I feel like she had to be attractive. You just I mean, can't be anything else and named Giselle. I just don't think you can ever be a first wife no. with the name Giselle. <laughs> no, you're just, you can't. You're a second or third wife Guaranteed. every time. Yep. Guaranteed. Yep. You are the late in life trophy wife. Right. <laughs> but she leaves him too. And her main <laughs> complaint is that all he ever talked about was religion. I wasn't super familiar with seven... I wasn't super familiar with Seventh-day Adventists, so I did some digging. Back in the 1800s, there was this huge movement of new religions being formed and sects breaking off from already existing religions. A preacher at the time, William Miller, predicted Christ's return on October 22nd, 1844. Hmm. Shockingly enough, that did not happen. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> His mass of followers split into a bunch of different groups after that, one of them eventually becoming modern-day Seventh-day Adventists. Interestingly enough, the Seventh-day Adventists would spawn the Branch Davidian cult down in Waco, Texas. They have a lot of overlap in much of their beliefs with conventional Christianity. One of the things that's unique about their religion, though, is that they celebrate the Sabbath on Saturday. They're not even allowed to go to weddings or funerals if they're being held on a Saturday. Is Sabbath usually not on a Saturday? Sabbath is usually Sunday. Oh. That's like church day. So their oh. church day is Saturday okay. rather than Sunday. So clearly they're not American. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes very sense. I'd rather not miss football. Right. That just also shows how little I know about religion. Like, I'm just... Failing in everything religious. <laughs> like, I could not win any categories on Jeopardy. Not like, a single one. Not a single one. <laughs> they also eat healthy with no alcohol, tobacco, meats, or processed foods. This sounds straight up miserable, but a study actually shows <laughs> that Seventh-day Adventists live on average 10 years longer than the average American. Oh, that's disappointing. Still not sure it's worth it. <laughs> so Rock joins this group and is most intrigued by the fact that they take every word of the Bible literally. He becomes the church's most successful recruiter and even gives some sermons. Rock is supposed to have been very handsome and charming, and the number of female members of the church starts increasing quickly. 
He also begins peddling a detox program that was supposed to cure absolutely everything. (laughs) But ultimately, he decides that they're just not strict enough for him. And by that, I mean that he tried to take over the local Seventh-day Adventist church and they kick him out. (laughs) By the mid-1970s, he's managed to leave the church with a handful of followers that believe that the Seventh-day Adventists aren't strict enough and that that would lead to their inevitable damnation. Rock decides that he is no longer Rock and must be referred to as Moses. <laughs> the fucking ego on this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, the way that he landed on that name, he wrote down a bunch of biblical names, forced everyone in his cult to change to a biblical name, and he had them draw from a hat of <laughs> biblical names that they had to choose from, but he kept Moses out so that he could be Moses because that's, <laughs> the, that's the name he wanted to go with. <laughs> In, Doesn't even play fair. He's the worst at recess. <laughs> yeah. In 1977, he has his followers build a commune for the group. Always a commune. <laughs> he also demands that his followers cut all ties with friends and family before joining him in the commune. Just a classic cult leader move. Classic. <laughs> he sits back and watches as they scurry around building the structures that he's told them to build. They <laughs> remind him of ants on an anthill, so he calls the cult the Anthill Kids. He tells them that this will be a place free of sin. Free Sounds of sin. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? He claims that he left the Seventh-day Adventist church because they weren't strict enough, but it doesn't take long for him to develop a pretty solid drinking habit again. <laughs> he also starts to become more and more strict with the rules his followers are supposed to abide by. He even gets to the point where he tells his followers that they weren't allowed to talk to each other without him being present. <laughs> That's just classic. Like, oh, they can't complain about me if they can't talk to each right. other. Is drink- so tobacco wasn't allowed, but drinking was allowed? No, so tobacco and drinking weren't allowed. Neither but one was allowed. He but was just he- going for it? Yep. He and they're just like, oh, it's habit. fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rules for thee, not for me. Mm. The Antil kids managed to keep the commune afloat by selling baked goods. I guess you could say that they could smell what the rock is <laughs> cooking. How fucking dare you? I had to. I had to fit that in somewhere. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> but that was about as cheery as this weird-ass cult would get. Rock starts to test the waters of what he can actually get away with. He starts to punish followers that aren't towing the line and making as many donuts and danishes as they were supposed to. If he thinks they aren't making enough baked goods, he cuts off fingers, burns people with blow torches, and pulls toenails off. Jesus, fucking psychopath. Yeah, oh, it gets way worse than that. <laughs> oh, no. I, I feel like this would be a super effective strategy to encourage Girl Scouts to sell more cookies. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> my name is Reese, and I'm your new den mother. Pity about your last mother, who uh, died under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> but we're going to be rolling out an exciting new program where if you hit your sales numbers, you get to keep your fingers. <laughs> oh, what's that? Uh, no, 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 Caitlin, you're not allowed to cry. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Dude, that's what they used to do in uh during the rubber plantations, like the Dutch slave traders. Yeah. They would run fucking like there's this really famous photo and it's this uh guy sitting on his front porch and he has his daughter's hand and foot in front of him because he didn't pick enough cot or no, he didn't do enough ru- rubber. Oh, uh, that is so he hadn't horrifying. gathered enough ru- rubber. 
uh, to fucking yeah. So I'm glad I like, don't have quotas like that at work. Right? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's a man. it's a classic technique. I mean, you wow. probably learned it from the fucking Dutch. That is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he also starts to spy on his followers. If he determines that they aren't devoted enough to him, he punishes them. If any of the followers consider leaving the cult, he would lose his shit and hit them with, quote, belts or hammers. <laughs> belts or hammers? Yeah, I, I feel like those are very <laughs> different implements. <laughs> those are not the same at all. But all right, go off. Uh, Rock, you, you said you wanted to write a letter, so I got you some paper. Here you go. Uh, I wasn't sure what you wanted to write with, so I brought you a toothbrush and also a spoon. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the, his insanity grows from there. Followers that he is displeased with also get suspended from the ceiling... Or he would also pluck every hair from their body, or he would shit on them. <laughs> yeah, he would shit on their chest and then force them to eat it. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> I mean, at least when I shit on somebody, I didn't force them to eat it. <laughs> I am guessing, though, that there is at least one person out there with that exact combination of kinks. Oh, absolutely. Someone for sure would be down for being suspended the from the ceiling, getting their hair plucked out one hair at a time, and getting shit on. Yeah, and they're all on 4chan. So. <laughs> Every single one. In 1979, Rock decides that the world is going to end that year. And he makes he makes his prediction really soon. Mm. You'd think that he'd be smarter and push it out further just to kind of keep that gravy train running. But right. nope, he goes for it. People uh, are fucking drinking or smoking from their own stash, you know, yep. <laughs> sipping their own Kool-Aid. <laughs> He drives his followers out into the wilderness outside of Quebec because apparently that's going to save them from God's return. Travis, what's that? Why would they need to be saved from God's return? Like, wouldn't that be like a good thing? Well, I think they're expecting him to destroy everything. Oh, most of these most of these cults that form around that end of days stuff, they are fully prepared to everything to burn in a lake of fire. They they honestly seem to get excited about people <laughs> burning alive. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just free barbecue. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Grandma, you're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Travis, you may not be aware of this, and dear listener at home, you may not know this, but uh, the world did not, in fact, end in 1979. Ah, oh, too bad. <laughs> He gives them the half-assed explanation that God's world runs on different time zones. He literally <laughs> blamed it on time zones. <laughs> you know how half the year were the same time as Arizona and the other half were an hour apart? Same exact principle. <laughs> His followers are so far gone that they actually buy this shit. And to make sure that he achieves all his cult leader goals, he marries every single female member of his cult and impregnates as many of them as possible as quickly as possible. By the end of his reign, it's believed that he has fathered 26 children. Jesus. (laughs) His torture and abuse of his followers really starts to ramp up at this point. He was really an equal opportunity monster because he would also punish the children. You know, no child left behind and all that shit. <laughs> That's what Bush had in mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One punishment that becomes standard for kids on the commune is to nail the offending child to a tree and then force the other children to chuck rocks at them. These are children, his, mostly his children. Uh, yeah. I think he used his belt or hammer. Uh, <laughs> 
I must have missed that chapter in my parenting books. He also <laughs> routinely rapes the children and for punishment forces them to be held over fires. His sadistic violence continues to escalate from there. Followers who anger him are forced to burn themselves against lit stoves, eat dead mice and shit, shoot each other in the shoulder, and are even forced to break their own legs with sledgehammers. At this point, he decides dude, that I think he I can't bounce. Like <laughs> I would have left so much sooner. As soon think. as the dude cut up like somebody else's finger, right. it didn't have to be mine. I'd be like, all right. Peace. Deuces. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. You'd think. These people must have been desperate. <laughs> At this point, he decides that he can't just wait around for his followers to piss him off, so he comes up with a new idea. He tells his followers that they need to be purified in order to get into heaven. This purification involves unnecessary medical procedures so that he could demonstrate his healing powers. There were things like forcible circumcision. Oh, God. I hate that term. The term forcible (laughs) circumcision makes my butt pucker. Yeah, bro. (laughs) Jesus. And injecting an ethanol solution in their stomachs. Social services eventually determines that at least two of his followers die as a result of the, quote, homeopathic remedies he was doling out. (laughs) Homeopathic. Just homeopathic. We know that at least one infant dies from exposure because its mother wanted to get it away from the abuse. In 1981, there's a two-year-old boy named Samuel. Samuel had reported that he'd been having trouble peeing. Rock slices the child's penis from end to end, which I've heard is actually a fairly standard medical procedure. And wouldn't you know it, Samuel won't stop crying. Rock orders one of his followers, Guy Veer, to beat the child until he stops crying. Samuel inevitably winds up dying from his injuries. To try to cover his tracks, Rock then burns the body. He also castrates Veer and orders all of his followers to tell people that Veer had been trampled by a horse. When Rock becomes pissed off, he likes to play surgeon. The patient is held down, fully conscious, with no anesthesia, and Rock just goes to work on them with whatever kitchen utensils, pliers, or blowtorches are at his disposal. Most of his followers lose limbs, fingernails, teeth, fingers, and toes. Fortunately, there is a way for followers to prove their loyalty to him. What is this way, you ask? They are required to cut off a finger or two. So, really (laughs) damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, fuck. In 1987, there is an investigation into the well-being of the children on the compound. Fourteen children are removed and placed into foster homes. Unfortunately, Children's Aid is only interested in saving the children, so there's no further charges. The Anthill kids are allowed to continue with only two men and eight women. At this point, Rock knows that he can get away with just about anything with these followers. One evening, while drunk, he ties a rubber band around the testicles of one follower. Uh, For those of you that don't live near cattle, uh, (laughs) Travis, can you enlighten us on what rubber Uh, bands are used for when put around testicles? Oh, yeah. It just slowly sinks into the flesh and balls turn black and they fall off. Yep. That's exactly what happens. (laughs) Yeah, dude. We uh, we definitely had a... Did cattle we would castrate cattle and do a little uh, rocky mountain oyster fry Ugh. just fresh like same day castrated straight from the the cow and onto the fryer for those of you also that don't know rocky mountain <laughs> oysters are cow testicles that people eat i've tried them 
They're terrible. <laughs> They're not bad. <laughs> I have a my wife had <laughs> the uh, her cousin went on the Today Show uh, to show them how to cook Rocky Mountain oysters. Really? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> claim to fame there. <laughs> yeah, that's my claim to fame. <laughs> The man's scrotum becomes swollen and infected after only eight hours, so Rock removes the testicles and cauterizes the wound with a hot iron. Ugh. In September of 1988, Solange Boyard complains to him that she has a sore stomach. He orders her to strip naked and lay down on the kitchen table. Rock punches her in the stomach, then forcefully <laughs> shoves a plastic tube up her butt and performs an enema with molasses and olive oil. Jesus. How is that the go-to <laughs> to put up there? Molasses. Those are some of the last things I would consider putting in an enema. Right. <laughs> <laughs> molasses. Yeah. He then makes an incision on the side of her abdomen and pulls out a section of her intestine with his bare hands. He rips off a piece of the intestine and then stuffs the rest back into her body. He then orders other followers to stitch her up. Boyard lives in absolute agony before dying the following day. It's assumed that she died from digestive juices leaking into her abdomen. Honestly, I've dealt with homeopathic remedies, and I've got to say, this pretty much seems like par for the course. <laughs> but Rock isn't willing to take a loss on this one. Oh, no, 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 no. He doubles down. He claims that he has the gift of resurrection. He orders his followers to remove Boyard's uterus, and then they saw off a portion of her skull. One guess as to why he had them do that. Is he going to put her uterus on her head like a hat? No. Oh, <laughs> that's where I thought this was going. You monster. <laughs> no, he's going to jizz in her brain. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that's my new insult. I'm going to jizz on your brain. <laughs> Uh, I hope you're prepared for this, but she doesn't come back to life. <laughs> but uh, he still doesn't give up. It's like that nurse that just won't give up on a coding patient and just keeps trying CPR until they finally come back to life. Same same thing. He's committed to the process. Just jizzing on different body parts until something works. Yeah, he's a real hero. Uh, <laughs> he orders the other men in the group to also jizz in her brain. Still didn't work. Man, how did they fucking get it up? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think my penis would ever work again. It's horrifying. It barely works as is. <laughs> he tells his followers to bury her body on the grounds of the commune, but before they do that, he removes one of her ribs, which he would carry around in a leather case around his neck. A couple months later, in November of 1988, Gabrielle Lavalli complains of a toothache. I would think after the treatment that he'd been handing out, people would have gotten pretty hush-hush about their aches and pains. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Rock responds by pinning her down and ripping out several of her teeth with a pair of pliers. Initially, he lets her go after that, but later that night, he chases her with a knife and cuts the tendon of one of her hands. She also gets a hypodermic needle broken off in her spine. Jesus. The following year, Gabrielle, for some reason, decides that it's a good idea to complain to Rock that her hand is stiff. Because <laughs> there's a fucking tendon there. Right. He takes a knife and stabs it through her hand into the table. Every medical professional knows that once you feel an ache in your hand, there's no going back. You just have to take drastic steps. You gotta take it. Yeah, take the whole hand. 
Not wanting his poor follower to suffer a sore hand any longer, Rock grabs a meat cleaver and hacks her arm off. She lays in agony on the kitchen floor until another follower finds her the next morning and stitches her up. Um, I didn't put this in the notes, but he used a, a hot branding iron again to seal off the arm. But even all that isn't enough to get Gabrielle to leave. It's not until Rock amputates part of her breast and smashes her head with the flat side of an axe that she figures this probably isn't a healthy environment. <laughs> Jesus in, Christ. In August of 1988, Gabrielle is able to escape from the commune. She hitches her way to a hospital and finally goes into detail about the atrocities of where she'd come from. Rock pleads guilty to three counts of aggravated assault and one count of unlawfully causing bodily harm, for which he's sentenced to 12 years in prison. However, another cult member comes forward and shows the authorities the body of Boyard. Rock then pleads guilty to second-degree murder, and he gets sentenced to life without parole, uh, that is, until 2000. As horrible as this story is, it actually has a little bit of a silver lining at the end. In 2011, Rock's cellmate walked up to the guard station, handed them a bloody shiv, and said, quote, That piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. <laughs> nice. This gem of a human being had stabbed Rock over 100 times and then decapitated him with a shiv. With a shiv. <laughs> with a shiv. God, you got what he deserved, though. Yep. Fuck. And with that, the world was a little less horrible. Yeah. I always love it when, like, pedophiles go to jail and yep. they just get fucking wrecked. Yep. I like, fucking hate pedophiles. Oh, beautiful. Fucking love it when, like, the cellmate just, like, yeah, and fucking made him eat his own penis and fucking shoved his own spleen up his ass. I'm like... <laughs> That's very <yeah>. specific. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I propose. When I take over the world, it's going to happen. That's going to be the punishment. That's going to be the punishment for pedophilia. So... Maybe uh, some will critique it not harsh enough, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's only step one. Kind of hole in the box. Since we're going to be probably talking about cults a fair amount on this podcast, I'd like to go over what classifies as a cult so we can be more specific on how we categorize the groups. Here are characteristics that make a group a cult. First, the group is focused on a living leader to whom members seem to display excessively zealous, unquestioning commitment. Second, the group is preoccupied with bringing in new members. Next, the group is preoccupied with making money. Next, questioning, doubt, and dissent are discouraged or even punished. Next is mind-numbing techniques such as meditation, chanting, speaking in tongues, denunciation sessions... I don't know what denunciation is, but uh, debilitating work routines. Uh, these are all used to suppress doubts about the group and its leader. Next, I mean. the leadership dictates sometimes in great detail how members should think, act, and feel. For example, members must get permission from leaders to date, change jobs, get married. Leaders may prescribe what types of clothes to wear, where to live, how to discipline children, and so forth. Uh, next, the group is elitist, claiming a special exalted status for itself, its leaders, and members. For example, the leader is considered the Messiah or an avatar or Moses. <laughs> <laughs> the group and or leader has a special mission to save humanity. The group has a polarized 
us-versus-them mentality, which causes conflict with the wider society. The group's leader is not accountable to any authorities, as are, for example, military commanders or ministers, priests, monks, and rabbis of mainstream denominations. The group teaches or implies that its supposedly exalted ends justify means that members would have considered unethical before joining the group. The leadership induces guilt feelings in members in order to control them. Members' subservience to the group causes them to cut ties with family and friends and to give up personal goals and activities that were of interest before joining the group. Members are encouraged or required to live and or socialize only with other group, other members of the group. So... Hmm. Just keep those in mind. This cult checked all of those boxes, but hopefully we can steer someone I mean, clear of a cult. I am not super familiar with religions, but how does that differ from, like, Joel Osteen and the COVID, like, I'm going to blow the COVID away guy. Like, what are the differences so between some how of they those act? legitimately are cults, <laughs> but what some of it is, I think some of the biggest differences are uh, how separated people are from society. So being required to separate themselves from society as a whole and a lot of the intensive techniques like sleep deprivation, starvation, things like that usually aren't used <laughs> in legitimate areas. Um, so those are some of the more concerning things that you want to look <laughs> for in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> or this could be a must if you're looking to join an actual cult. So yeah. maybe that's just a how-to. <laughs> so have you ever bought something hook, line, and sinker that wound up being completely untrue? Uh, I believed for forever that for one, the, what we call here in like the Pacific Northwest, mm -hmm. Daddy Long Legs, okay. uh, that I thought those were like the most poisonous spiders in the world for forever. Yep. yep. Uh, it turns out they're not even spiders. They have what a single, they? they're opopelids. They have a single sectional body okay. so that they're not arachnids. They're not spiders or they're arachnids, but they're not spiders. So, oh, so they're a different type of arachnid. Is that so, why they're less creepy? Probably. It's that single sectional body that just yeah. has like a round pill shape with right. legs. They're and, just less freaky than normal spiders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't have the, and yeah, they can't even, they can bite you just fine. But they aren't poisonous. See, the story I had always heard when I was in grade school, it was that daddy long legs were the most poisonous spider, mm -hmm. but that their fangs were too short to bite right. into human skin. That right. was the story that went around. But no, they can absolutely bite you. It just doesn't do anything. I've never, I don't think I've ever been bit by a daddy long leg. Oh, I mean, it's, I've picked up big ones and I've seen big ones bite me. Like, oh. They even did like a whole Mythbusters. That's what turned me on. Like I was like, and it wasn't like when. turns you on? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> that Adam Savage. <laughs> Fellow ginger. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, you would have beautiful ginger babies. The most beautiful ginger babies. I fucking love Adam Savage. But, um, yeah, no, I used, yeah, that wasn't even like when it was new. I, I watched that like two years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> I found that out and they did, they're like, ah, oh, I'm going to stick my arm in here and they're going to get bit a bunch of times in right. like slow mode video. Yeah. It's pretty great. And, and then neither of them died. Those uh, silica packets, mm -hmm. they always say do not eat on them. Yeah. I thought they were extremely poisonous. Yeah. They're not at all. They're just, it's just, 
it's not like a, one of those absorbent packages. Like most of the time, you can, you can fucking. Eat I those. assumed it was poisonous too. Yeah, they're not. No, you can, you can totally eat a silica packet. I mean, don't Interesting. listeners. Well, but, now I'm gonna try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna do to anything, you boof it. You know. Just oh no! Get your friend Stevie Nicks style to take a straw and just boof silica right up your up the old poop chute. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're offering. <laughs> I mean, if you need somebody, <laughs> Reese can shoot silica great through that gap in his teeth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is now a, a feature of. Subscribing to <laughs> Well That's Horrible is Reese offering to boof yes. just anything. Doesn't have to be silica. Anything whatsoever. Anything up your Threw butt. Threw a straw up the butt. That <laughs> is the service we are offering. <laughs> he promises to put the straw between his teeth. Yep. I can close my mouth completely and just put it right through the teeth gap there. <laughs> um, so the the thing that I believed for way too long was there was a uh, an article that came out in the newspaper that there were uh, kangaroos. They had determined that the environment in Wyoming was actually very similar to Australia. So they were going to release kangaroos into Wyoming and just let them go. (laughs) And I was fascinated by this. I thought for sure I was going to be able to tell my kids, hey, I remember when there weren't kangaroos in Wyoming. Um, and then I, uh, I never heard anything more about it. I just assumed that they all died in the first Wyoming winter. Uh, <laughs> so I went and did some research on it. No, it turns out it was a, uh, an April fool's prank that the paper <laughs> had posted that. And I just absolutely bought it and never questioned it again. That's and that was mm, eight years ago that they came out with that article. Oh, Lordy. That's amazing. They- <laughs> There was like uh, some drug cartel uh, guy down in South America. I can't yeah. remember, and he fucking brought hippos. He loved hippos, and now there's really? hippos floating around. Yeah, in South America, there's a, an entire hippo population. I want a hippo. It's only like fifty, sixty hippos, but he, they're fucking wild. I heard now. they're pretty deadly. Oh yeah, most deadly animal on the earth. Yeah. Wow, they I don't mean, look deadly. No, but they, they can fucking crush your skull very easily, and they're wow. aggressive. Mean. Okay, maybe I don't want one. <laughs> uh, so that story was particularly horrific, and I think we need some good news to balance it out. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Good news, everyone. Well, that's not so horrible. So to go from by far the most horrible person we've had <laughs> we've talked about it on the show. We're gonna go to one of the best people, which is Dolly Parton. I mean, yeah. everybody loves Dolly. Fucking love Dolly Parton. Uh, so she's working nine to five, just trying to make a living. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she's had since '95. She's had the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. Yeah. Where she delivers free books. I mean, my kids have gotten free books from Dolly Parton for years. That's cool. Um, and yeah, and it's like. Spans five countries, like wow. he's given out over a million books. But really? And when did this start again? 95. Okay. Yeah. Uh, originally, uh, she started it because her dad was illiterate. Really? So, yeah, her dad was illiterate. And so she wanted to start like a, a love of reading from a young age. Uh, so, recently, uh, and it hasn't even gone into effect yet. So, it's like something that's coming up. Okay. Is that she, with that foundation, they uh, signed a new bill in California that's going to provide books. For for any kid 
born in California from until they're five years old. They'll get books once a month. And they'll wow. give millions of free books to kids. That is super cool. Which, love that. Yeah, one free book a month until their fifth birthday. I feel like uh, Dolly Parton does not get enough credit for oh, yeah, how I amazing mean, she is. Yeah, I, she donated a bunch of money to what eventually found the what, vaccine for COVID. Yeah, like, she she donates so much money, time, everything. She is an absolute peach of a human being. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think that uh, people kind of prejudged her because of her looks. Mm-hmm. And did not give her enough credit for for what she's accomplished and how brilliant she is. Yeah, right. Love she's, Dolly. She's the best. I'd go to Dolly Land. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, My I, wife's already kind of stacked like Dolly, so I'm like, <laughs> I just need to get her a blonde wig. That'd be great. See, uh, you're you're married to, you know. A short, busty lady? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm married to an Anne Hathaway lookalike. It's a great setup. <laughs> uh, I'd like to give a shout out to some of our uh, listeners that have left some additional reviews. So thank you to Elbort2, I See You See Me 7, and Redheaded Ninja 406. You guys are awesome. Redheaded Ninja. Redheaded nice. Ninja. Nice. <laughs> Well, that is the end of this week's episode of Well, That's Horrible. Please like, rate, and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. It helps us get the word out so that we can keep telling these stories. We really appreciate all of you who have supported us thus far. You're, you guys are really all amazing. Um, please remember to avoid... Travis just gave the... <laughs> Please remember to avoid performing surgeries on people unless you're actually a surgeon, and always remember to make the world a little less horrible. Well, 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 that's horrible. I don't know why I whispered that. I don't know either. I figured that there was probably like a But if we talk really close to the microphone upon the masses. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>